following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome in to Reaction Monday here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao. There's Mo Patton coming to you on this beautiful Monday. What's going on, Mo? Not much, man. It's been a crazy weekend. Been a busy weekend. A lot going on. But um, yeah. it's good stuff, though. Yeah, you can't be mad when you get a chance to watch a team find its way to the state state tournament for the first time exactly so also can't be too mad i guess when you get to see the titans complete a season sweep of the colts so and force them to bench their quarterback well now apparently there's a shoulder sprain involved but also apparently this has nothing to do with that i don't know uh, it's a lot of a lot of misdirection coming out of Indianapolis, I guess, a lot more than they showed yesterday. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I don't I don't know about this one. I mean I mean, if you're gonna tell me that Sam Elinger is better or gives you a better chance than a healthy Matt Ryan, then I mean, okay. But I wonder if they're not just saying Hey, we're we're not going to win the division. We're not going to the playoffs. We might as well get this guy ready for next year. I mean, I don't know how long Matt Matt Ryan's contract is, or what do we always say? If you're going to lose, lose your That's it. I mean, that's that's what I was just about to say. So you're right. I mean, hey, if you're going to do it, do it this way. I guess uh, Nick Foles will back up Sam Ellinger. And look, you know, Super Bowl winner Nick Foles. By the way. <sighs> So I mean, I mean, if 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 that's how you want to define a quarterback, then I guess yeah, he 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 is a Super Bowl winner. He he caught a what a touchdown pass in a Super Bowl. <laughs> that's right, Super Bowl reception having Nick yeah. Foles. So I mean, uh, but uh, oh well, I mean, that's them. That that's all on Frank Wright and Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay and those guys. Hey, y'all figure it out from from 0-2 against the Titans. Yeah, my friend who is a tennis – or is an Indianapolis fan, he just – like, look, we, we just can't beat the Titans anymore, and, you know. And look, the fact is that, yes, they, they owned us Welcome to our time, world. But they owned us with two of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned this morning on – on the morning show, Justin, you know, Ryan Tannehill is only 15 and three against the AFC South. Only 15 and three, huh? 15 and three. That's, I mean, say what you will about that guy. He manages to get it done. Especially against the division. If, if against no one else. Well, uh, and and those are the people that you most need to beat. That's right, because uh, you gotta you gotta play them a bunch. 
you got to play them each twice a year. And, and I mean, those are the t folks that you stack up against in the standings. I've not really looked at the standings, but I'm sure that they look pretty good for the Titans right about now. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the thing. And then I wanted to, we'll get into it a little bit deeper in mm -hmm. the next segment, but you know, Matt Ryan being benched for whatever reason uh, is a big deal because you kind of need the Colts to help you out if you're the Titans. You you want them to also win some division games now that you've beaten them twice. Now that you've beaten them twice. <laughs> it's like, y'all want to win a couple too? That'd be great. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know that you necessarily need them to. I mean, the Colts are three, three and one. The Jags are two and five, and the Texans are one, four and one. Yeah, I mean, you, you, some help would be nice, but like I said, I'm not sure how much you're going to need. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Um, have you seen the the point differentials for Jacksonville? Two and five Jacksonville has outscored their opponents by 18 points on the year. Four and they two must, Tennessee has been outscored by 13 points. They must have blown somebody out pretty big. <laughs> Either way, it's that's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Anyway. Um just wanted to 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 get into some NFL talk and we will first thing out of the gate uh, in this first segment, because I do think that if we can get to uh, get a little deeper into the Titans and what we saw yesterday, that would, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. uh, but before we do anything else, Mo, why don't we get to some results from the weekend and uh, today's very limited schedule and go ahead and give you today's rundown. This is the rundown. The Monday rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. ZCA offers a faith-based, Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit ZionEagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian Academy, prepared for college, equipped for purpose. In high school football action on Friday night, John Overton down to Antioch 46 nothing Beach over Brentwood 27-6. It was Blackman 41, Cookville 21. Cane Ridge shut out Dixon County 41 nothing. while Centennial continued their winning ways. A 34-19 went over Laverne. It was Chattanooga Christian 69, Republic 0. Giles County fell to Cleveland 24-10, while Clarksville Academy down Columbia Academy 35-28 in a pretty good game. And Lipscomb Academy with a comeback win over CPA 43-21. Creekwood with a 49-6 win over Glencliff. Davidson Academy defeated Stratford 47-3. It was Donaldson Christian Academy 38, Franklin Grace 7. Eagleville with a 35-6 win over Collinwood. Riverdale downs East Nashville 30-12. It was Nolansville staying undefeated, keeping Franklin winless 30-20. Franklin Road Academy with a 42-7 win over Battleground Academy. It was Lebanon 14, Gallatin 9. Good Pasture defeated DeKalb County 24-17. And Greenbrier with a 20-3 win over Tullahoma. It was Hendersonville 35-14 over Rossview. Harpeth down Hickman County 48-13. Hit Mount Juliet, big win over Hillsborough 53-24. It was Lawrence County 49, Hillwood 14. Joe Burns 38-14 winners over Ezo Harding. Kenwood. 
a 25-19 winners over Northwest, while Friendship Christian down Lakeway Christian 38-7. Lewis County shut out Summertown 20 to nothing. Siegel, a 33-6 win over Lincoln County. Clarksville, 40-6 winners over Maplewood, while Marshall County down Montgomery Central 56-8. And Montgomery Bell Academy, 42-34 over Baylor. Middle Tennessee Christian defeated Wayne County. 30 to 12. It was Nashville Christian defeating Mount Juliet Christian 43 to 12. Oakland with a 69 nothing win over Liberty Creek. Independence blanks page 13 nothing. Pope Prep with a 38 36 victory over Ravenwood. Richland downs East Hickman 41 28. Coffee County with a 35 14 win over Rockvale. Portland shut out by Springfield 40 to nothing. Spring Hill shut out by Mount Pleasant 24 to nothing. Green Hill with a 28 14 win over Station Camp. And at Stewart's Creek 56, Wilson Central 14. Summit win number two on the year with a big shutout victory over Shelbyville 48 to zip. It was Fairview 39 3 over Sycamore. Watertown down Livingston Academy 38 14, while Waverly. White House edges Westmoreland 16-14. White House Heritage, a 21-12 winner over Stewart County and West Creek 34. White Creek, zero to West Heather Creek. <laughs> In state volleyball tournament championship action on Friday, Creekwood won Class AA with a 3-2 victory over East Hamilton and Summertown claims Lawrence County honors as well as a Class A state championship their third in four years with a 3 nothing win over Loretto. In girls soccer on Friday, Briarcrest Christian defeated Ensworth 2-1. Girls soccer on Saturday, Cullioka advances to the Class A state tournament with a 4 nothing sectional win over Adamsville. It was Baylor 2, Pope Prep 1, Battleground Academy with a 5-2 win over Evangelical Christian. Franklin County blanks Stewart's Creek 2-0. Girls Preparatory School out of Chattanooga with a 3-1 win over Father Ryan. It was Houston 6, Clarksville nothing. Hutchinson School with a 1-0 win over Lipscomb Academy. Madison Academic defeated Cheatham County 5-1. Merrill Hyde blanked Community 9-0. Gallatin edged Nolansville 3-1. Page shut out Hume Fogg, 6 nothing. It was Collierville, 3, Rossview, nothing. Siegelville eked by Shelbyville, 1 nothing. Station Camp with a 2 to 1 win over Independence. University School of Jackson defeated Franklin Grace, 7 nothing. And Murfreesboro Central with a 1 nothing win over Valor Christian, I'm sorry, Valor Collegiate that I believe went to penalty kicks. So those folks were there for a while. Speaking of penalty kicks the birmingham legion lost their usl playoff game in 10 rounds of penalty kicks yeah so mm. <laughs> penalty kicks can go can go a while mm-hmm. <laughs> those playoff those playoff matches you got to have a winner <laughs> absolutely exactly exactly somebody's got to win yeah uh, in college football action over the weekend tennessee <laughs> trounced ut martin 65 to 24 it was missouri outlasting vanderbilt and the return of mike wright apparently <laughs> to 17 14 over the commodores tennessee state still looking good in ovc play 37 17 over eastern illinois and lindsey wilson 27 three winners over cumberland that's number three ranked Lindsey Wilson, by the way. In Major League Baseball, NLCS action, the Phillies completed their NLCS win with wins over the Padres at 4-2, 10-6, and 4-3. In the ALCS, the Astros complete the sweep of the Yankees 
Darn, I hate to hear it. <laughs> With five nothing win and a six five win in game four, NBA action: the Grizzlies down the Rockets one twenty nine one twenty two, and then fell in their third game in four days to the Dallas Mavericks one thirty seven to ninety six. In NFL action, as we said, the Titans defeated the Colts. That was nineteen to ten. The final score there, and the Predators fell to the Flyers three to one. In Monday NBA action, the Grizzlies take on the visiting New Jersey. I'm sorry, <laughs> the visiting Ooh. Brooklyn Nets at seven o'clock on Bally Sports South. And in NFL Monday Night action, Chicago is at New England. That's a seven fifteen start on ESPN, and that is your rundown. New Jersey Nets. Hey, it's (laughs) not that far off, right? Uh, Showing my age, I reckon. Speaking of, uh, they asked KD about Memphis, and he said, you know, Ja does things that you just don't see. You know, and and Ja Morant's been great for this team. But for those of you who who are Grizzlies fans, and please, you know, we told you before the season started, they're missing three starters right now. And they just played their their third game in four in four days out in Dallas. Dallas is pretty good. Dallas is pretty good. They've oh, they've got man. they've got they've got a guy who can do a lot of things too. Young man named Luka Doncic. You've probably heard of him. If you've not, then what are you doing with your life? But um, just, yeah, this just calm it, down. Uh, relax, as an NFL quarterback would say, and probably <laughs> is saying right now. It's a matter of fact. So, anyway, that's uh, that's it for segment number one. Mo, we got a lot of reacting to do. It's Reaction Monday, and we've got a ton. We'll talk more about the NFL and the Tennessee Titans when we come back. Ryan Tannehill's got an ankle injury. Uh, what's that mean? But more importantly, what was the big takeaway from yesterday? Is the run game back? Is it here to stay? What's uh? What to expect. So we'll get to it right after this on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. You guys stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. 
Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes! Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries, and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. I'm just doing that dance because, you know, Coach Cutcliffe did say that we could dance. So, you know, Coach Cutcliffe has not missed on a lot of talent evaluations, but <laughs> there's always an exception. <laughs> there's an exception that proves the rule every time, huh, Mo? Yeah, yeah. So. I would probably be that uh, that exception. There's no question. <laughs> oh, man. So, yesterday, did, were you at the game? I was at the game. Okay. You know, another. In, in fact, I've got two bylines on TitanInsider.com if you would like to check those out. Um, shameless plug. Um, been been going on game day and writing some sidebars with Terry McCormick, so helping out a little bit. Well, you know, one of your early season bylines, Mo, mm-hmm. uh, was about the flashes of potential for Kyle Phillips and we've not seen him in a while because of an injury that he suffered early in the season. What without him, they've been Mm -hmm. okay, but you feel like at some point he's going to be important to this team and they've got to get him back. Well, he's going to be important in a couple of places. I think once they get him back, I think he's got a shoulder injury right now that he's dealing with. I'm not sure how serious it is, but you know, you don't want to really admit necessarily that a fifth round draft pick has got has got to be on the field for you, but you know, as thin as they are at receiver, I think you would really like to have him if possible. And you know, he was a pretty successful punt returner during his college days at UCLA, and I think you'd like to have him him back there instead of Robert Woods if you could do that. Uh, I don't think Woods is assignment is to do much more than catch the ball at this point. Not that he can't return it, but I just don't think that you want to expose him too much because they only had four receivers up yesterday. Um, and one of them was Mason Kinsey. Right. And, uh, you know, obviously because they only had four receivers, uh, one of your stories is about Austin Hooper, who, you know, without Kyle Phillips, Hooper's going to have to be the short yardage kind of slot style receiver. And it's exactly what we got yesterday. Yeah. This is a guy who is a two-time pro bowler from his days with the Falcons spent the last couple of years at Cleveland came in here and through 
the Titans' first five games, I think he had six catches for 55 yards. Yesterday, he had three catches for 56 yards. All three of those went for first downs. Um, one was a big third down conversion. Another was the 19-yard catch of a challenged well, a 19-yard challenge catch, I guess, would be the best way to phrase it. As he um, went down, ball came out, and um, he was able to secure it with his right arm against his left right hand against his left forearm to kind of complete the catch. And after Indy challenged it, it stood up. Um, from there, I think Bullock eventually kicked a 48-yarder to make it 19-10. So, you know. He showed up and showed up in some big situations for the Titans in the second half yesterday. And like you said, as thin as they are on the outside, you know, the rookie Traylon Burks is still, I guess, nursing the turf toe. I don't think Nick Westbrook Akine caught a ball yesterday, um, which might have been the, you know, the Colts trying to take him from him. But, well, you know, that's the thing about Akine is that we we're seeing him be less effective this year, but is that because he's the, the second option instead of the third option and he's yeah. having to play against some of the better corners than he would have, you know, last year he might've been matched up with outside linebackers or safeties. I think so. I, I think they're not being able to get, get the matchups with him because folks are more aware of him. I, I think Robert Woods maybe had, one or two catches last yesterday. I'm not sure how many targets he had, but you know, um, with, like you said, with no, with no more receivers and they have the receivers that they do have are going to draw the attention of opposing defenses, which is going to leave plays to be made for, you know, an Austin Hooper, maybe a Jeff Swain, some of those guys. So somebody's got, somebody's going to have to step up in the passing game. Well, they need to do something because four field goals ain't going to cut it most of the time and, and then add in a pick six. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, the four field goals and a touchdown isn't necessarily a bad thing, but the fact that that was a defensive touchdown kind of – it does kind of concern you a little bit. But um, I, I think that's the way – and we talked about this in the press box yesterday. You know, it was kind of – Oilers Titans alumni day and it, it was kind of a throwback type of game you know and you feel like that's the way these Titans are going to win some games they're going to have to do it with a, a good defense and score and, and put points up no matter how you have to get them yeah I mean again you would like to have finished a couple of those field goal drives in the end zone you know um, Dylan Radens picked up a penalty on one of those drives that forced them to have to kick a field goal instead of um, maybe go for it or, or, you know, convert a third down down there in the red zone. But for the most part, like you said, defense and ball control on offense is, is seeming to be the way it's going to go for these Titans these days. And then you add in that Bud Dupree was back. Was Amani Hooker back? Amani Hooker was back. In fact, Amani Hooker um, recovered the fumble at the with about three and a half minutes left that Terrence Mitchell was able to um, to punch out on a on a pass play down the middle for the Colts. So um, 
they came up with what three turnovers yesterday, right after Andrew Adams is 76 yard pick six on the next Colts possession. David long came up with a pick. And then again, they got the fumble recovery there at the end. Mitchell caused it hooker recovered it. And the Titans were able to run the clock out the rest of the way with that nine point lead. So, um, Creating turnovers, creating pressure. You know, Bud Dupree had a huge game in terms of getting into the Colts' backfield and getting into Matt Ryan's face, and they were able to um, put some pressure and and make him uncomfortable, and and you saw the results. Yeah, the results was the the shoulder injury and his subsequent benching, apparently. (laughs) Apparently, yeah. I mean, nobody seems to know when exactly the shoulder injury took place, but he did take some licks. And again, he did have, he he did not have a clean pocket a lot of time to work from. So that's tough. Yeah, I don't think. For for him. (laughs) And poor Sam Ellinger is now going to have to deal with that. Uh, that offensive line as well. And they're just not very good up front. Uh, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. If they're not upright, they can't be very good. So Yeah, and, you know, I don't think this is what Indianapolis expected. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what has taken place as far as that goes up front, but they, they weren't very good yesterday for sure. Now, he's uh, Matt Ryan, not the only quarterback that left the game with an injury, although – Ryan Tannehill did return, and then after the game was seen in a boot uh, with an ankle injury, apparently. Yeah, he he had on a boot when he came into the post-game interviews, and, you know, obviously they're not going to say a whole lot about it. They're not going to tell you a whole lot about it this time of of week as they try to get prepared for Houston on um, on Sunday. Uh, I think if there's any way he can go, he will go. You know, he did return to the game i think he only missed the one snap he heard it on second down maybe and willis came in for a handoff on third down and they didn't get it and they kicked it away and next possession Tannehill was back in there so i would think the fact that he was able to return was a pretty good sign but i'm not a doctor and i don't play one on tv so i'm not real real sure certainly bear watching as the week progresses yeah i'm looking I, i'm looking forward to to seeing a little bit more from from that perspective because again the the titans really can't afford a whole lot of injuries anywhere and while quarterback does seem like a place where they have a capable backup he's still young he's still a rookie and you don't want to have to put your season uh, in the hands of a guy like that, if you don't have to, especially when you've got Ryan Tannehill, who again fifteen and three against the AFC South, you want now that division games. That said, if you had to play your backup in a game, I would think there would be worse opponents than the Texans to play him against. There's that. Uh, you know they they whipped us with their backup to the backup last year. Their their third stringer. You know, <laughs> so yeah. We've seen Davis Mills do some things to us that, that you would have never expected. That that Super Bowl winner Matt Stafford couldn't do. Right. So go right. figure. Yeah. There's there's a lot out there. But uh so it looks like the Titans with a big win again over the Colts. They've got the Texans coming up this weekend. And uh you can find more on Titaninsider.com. A couple of good stories there. Uh that Austin Hooper story. And did you write the one about Dupree and Hooker? 
I did not write the one about Dupree and Hook. I I did something on Andrew Adams. Um, oh, okay, the pick six. Yeah, the man, the myth, the touchdown score. There you go. And we appreciate him for that. <laughs> Although the Titans never trailed in this one, which is always good. Um, hey, they actually scored a fourth some points in the fourth quarter, first time all year. So that's we'll there was another it. breakthrough. We'll we'll take even if they are two field goals. Randy Bullock looking. Mighty fine after that, <laughs> man. It's it's so hard to to watch him be so consistent, and then just think back to would be five and one if not for his one miss. I tell you what, though, and and I said this as the Giants were winning again yesterday. That loss to the Giants looks better and better every week. Every week, <laughs> it's like it's like not that wasn't so bad. The, the fact that we should have won the game mm -hmm. on the field goal just makes you go, okay, maybe we're not so bad after all. And again, third consecutive 100-yard rushing output from Derrick Henry. Feels like the running game might be back on a track. And, uh, you know, Ben Jones played a heck of a football game. Uh, you just – you feel like this, this offensive line is built to run the football, and right now it looks like they're kind of getting into that groove. Yeah, it, it looked like – Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry was one step away on a few occasions yesterday from really breaking a long one. So, of course, that kind of brought back the has he lost a step. And we're going to – I guess we're going to continue to deal with that until he does break one. But um, still, heck of a game for him yesterday. Yeah. With, you know, with, with some of the – Franchise greats at running back in the house. You know, Eddie George, um, Smash and Dash were on hand and um, had to be a lot of fun for that. the present-day Titans with the former Titans and Oilers looking on for that one. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's uh, continue Reaction Monday with uh, some reaction to the Southeastern Conference. How about that? Uh, we'll come back after a short break, talk about the SEC and what happened this weekend here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond & Joint. You guys stick around with us. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. Ryan McGee. <laughs> <laughs> other guy Wham married the best looking girl Bananarama, so other guy Wham had a pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mo, it's Reaction Monday, and we continue to react as 
college football is halfway through and we are finding finding out who's who who's who's the real deal and who's not in the southeastern conference uh pretty solid weekend if we're being honest uh most most teams that you expected to win one except for Ole Miss go down to Death Valley and gets outscored 42 to 3 after being up 20 to 3 or 17 to 3 yeah yeah um that was a tough one and didn't AM lose to South Carolina AM did lose to South Carolina but I, at this point I don't even know that that's that big of an upset <laughs> <laughs> go out to college station and ask that question well go go to columbia and say was it an upset and they'll tell you no well we felt like we were going to win from day from, from the beginning and yeah, I, I think i think there's 86 million reasons why folks in college station think it was I'm not saying. I'm just saying that based on this season, South Carolina beating Texas A&M is a mid beating a mid, and they're toss ups. <laughs> At this point, I mean, with what we've seen, they appeared that that game appeared to me to be a lot less uh, of an upset today as it did three weeks ago, maybe. <laughs> yeah. That being said, I mean LSU since that loss to Tennessee has actually looked pretty darn good. Yeah, which prompted Brian Kelly to say in his post game that that he knew even as they were getting beat 40 to 13 at home by Tennessee that they weren't as far away as they looked in that game and I mean I guess it's tough to argue with him. But well, you know, I don't know that he said that after the Tennessee game. Well, as a Tennessee fan and people who and as folks who watch Tennessee quite often this there are teams you can accept losing like that too. And this Tennessee team, number three in the country, you feel like, okay, well, they're the number three team in the country for a reason. Maybe we didn't think that going into the LSU game, but right. as you've seen this team progress and as you've seen this season progress, you kind of think, well, maybe Tennessee's just that much better than LSU right now. I, that's the way that you got to look at it if you're a Tennessee fan anyway. Well, and certainly some AP voters kind of looked at it that way. LSU coming back into the top 25 with that win at number 18, heading into a matchup in a couple of weeks um, against visiting Alabama. So that's, that's right when you want to get back into the top 25 just in time to play Alabama. Yeah. Uh, now – if you haven't seen, that game is a night game, 6 o'clock, ESPN. In Death Valley. In Death Valley. That's pretty big. Which Alabama LSU has typically been a night game mm -hmm. uh, over the last few and years. And they've had some classics at night. The night. It's been the night of uh, the doubleheader. It's been the CBS doubleheader night game. And you're right. They TJ Yeldon, the screen pass that went for the touchdown, uh, in what like 13 or 14. That was that was crazy. Uh, they have had some classics. Mm -hmm. Who was the running back? Jacob. Josh went on Jacobs. and played. No, no, no. Went on and played for the no from LSU. 
oh. went on and played for the Broncos, I think. I can't remember his name, but um they they back in the mid two thousands, I think, they they had another knockdown drag out. Um I mean I can remember when you know, LSU Auburn and, and LSU Alabama was going to de- determine the West, and mm-hmm. it still could. Now that LSU has beaten Ole Miss, yeah, I think LSU kind of controls their own destiny at this point. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, who saw that? Game? Of course, you know they they are right now first in the SEC West, technically, even with that loss to Tennessee. Go figure. Of course they've got I mean, that's their only conference loss. In fact, both Alabama and LSU are tied at the top of the SEC West with four and one records, and the one for both is Tennessee. It's Tennessee. You know, the winner of this game, especially Alabama, I'm sorry, especially LSU, because you you think Arkansas, that's certainly a game that you feel like you should win. And then Texas AM, the way that they've played this year, LSU could very easily find itself in in, in Atlanta. Atlanta. How crazy is that to think? Well, I mean, at this, at this point, again, they control their own destiny along those lines. Ole Miss is three and one and they've lost two LSU. They still got to play Alabama. Um, It, it's almost as if LSU has the inside track to Atlanta out of the West at this point. Yeah. LSU and Alabama both because Alabama still got to play Ole Miss. Which could certainly throw some wrenches into things, but mm-hmm. my goodness, what what who would have who who would have thought at the beginning of this season that if the SEC had two undefeated teams, they'd both come out of the East? No, nobody. Um, I mean, I knew that L, I knew that Tennessee was going to be undefeated going into Alabama, but I certainly didn't expect them to win that game until mm-hmm. you know I took my shirt off on live television. Uh, <laughs> but you mentioned that, yeah. I mean, big that's a, that's a huge win for LSU. Congrats to to the to the Bayou Bengals, man. Uh, did just didn't see that coming. And Texas A and M just continues, as you mentioned, to real. They are to baffle now. And and how about how about Beamer? I mean, Shane Beamer over here is is sitting there saying, hey, we've beaten Kentucky. We've beaten Texas A&M. You know, we might be 2-2 two and two in the conference. We're 5-2 and two overall. Mm-hmm. We're not bad. They're not bad. They're not bad. And um, I guess Rattler has had a good bit to do with that, but it'll, it, I, I'm intrigued by what they've got coming now, I guess. Well, I mean, you've got Missouri and Vanderbilt – Coming up next, those are your next two ball games. You feel like those are those are games you should win. Then you go to Florida, and you think, well, that seems like a winnable ball game too. Now then you got Tennessee at home in Clemson, but you think eight and four is attainable, and that should be. I mean. I, I would like to think that South Carolina fans would be pretty excited about an eight and four team, given where they've been. I mean, if Tennessee beats Georgia and you beat Tennessee, 
Eh, I mean, slow, I, don't, I slow, don't think it's going to happen. Slow but. your row, big boy. Slow but you just, row. you just, you look at that and you go, well, okay, this is, this is a, this is a season that we can feel confident about. And again, South Carolina's in the top 25. They're, they're 25th in the country now. Mm. That's craziness. Um, because they're five and two. Yeah. What do you think about this AP top 25 this week? Well, I was going to wait till the next segment. We can. Oh, that. my bad. Oh. Well, never mind. Um, uh, I'll, I'll ask you in the next segment then. Um, what, what else did you want to get to in this segment since? Two things. I'm going off schedule. Number one, it's all good. Alabama destroys Mississippi State. And then Mike Leach says, <laughs> our guys are scared of the word Alabama. Yep. They, they see Alabama on the jersey and they get scared. Yeah. That's. And, okay. In his players' defense, they're not the only team that does that. I mean, it, it, let's be real here. Yeah, it, most teams probably, when it comes right down to it, react the same way. Because here's the thing. If, you, if you're playing Alabama and say you get down a touchdown or two, you don't feel like you can make, make that comeback. Right. Oh, here we go again. Mississippi State hadn't scored in Tuscaloosa in eight years. Now, the last play of the game – ended that streak, but they had not scored since 2014 in Tuscaloosa. So you get down a couple scores and here we go again, just feels like the natural reaction. And that's not just Mississippi state. That's any team. Because they've done it to you the last 12 years. Every time you go out there, Yeah, so I mean, it's it's not. It may not be about being scared as much as it is about knowing your history. Yeah, just knowing that. Great, we got to deal with here. This. We are. Yeah, yeah, and we can't come back from this. We've never come back from this. What? Why don't we start now? Kind of thing. So, <laughs> that's unfortunate too, because again, Mississippi State's a pretty good ball club. Uh, you know, they, they've got a they've they've got a solid quarterback, but you know. Tennessee put up 52 points and people started freaking out about Alabama's defense, not realizing that Tennessee is the best offense in the country. People are having a tough time believing that about Tennessee and people are having a tough time believing in Tennessee. It feels like as you read social media and that kind of thing. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, who's not having a hard time believing it. Who's that? Uh, Mr. Simpson and his UT Martin War. Oh, Hall. good Lord. They're not having a tough time believing that Tennessee's the best offense in the country. No, no, I, I don't guess they are. That was, that was, that was kind of tough. And, you know, I watched most of that game because we've got a local kid, Nante Davis, who plays in the defensive line for UT Martin. And so I wanted to, see how how he held up in that ball game and he did have to be helped off the field at one point i'm not sure exactly what the injury was but he you know responded to a tweet and said he was fine so that's good to know but i don't know i'm 
if you're a UT fan, are you concerned that you gave up 24 to UT Martin? No, because you gave it up in the deep second half when your already depleted secondary was playing third stringers. Okay. I mean, a walk-on got a pick, though, in the first half. Uh, I don't think that kid's going to be a walk-on much longer, by the way. <laughs> and I not, give, not given the secondary situation that we continue well, to discuss. Not just that, but he had a pretty good game against Alabama and had the pick against UT Martin. Seems like he's certainly playing his way toward a scholarship anyway. You'd like uh, to think so. Uh, so there's that. But – no, I don't think I think I, I think you just say, well, we were up 52 to seven and who who cares after that point? Yeah. Um, and getting to 52 with a flea flicker. <laughs> yeah, uh, some someone, a, a Georgia friend, a Georgia fan friend of mine on Facebook's was very confused. And I just simply said, well you got to remember who the coach for UT Martin is and just reminding him that, you know, your kid could be playing in this offense, but he's not. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> just saying. And it, it can, it continues to bear repeating. I think that UT is doing all this with Cedric Tillman on the sideline. Cedric Tillman's on the sideline there. I mean, they were still they were missing three defensive backs mm -hmm. of their not good <laughs> secondary was down three guys who play a ton of minutes and actually the team looked I mean, again with this front seven because again the Tennessee front seven is pretty darn good mm -hmm. but yeah they're doing this offensively without probably their best receiver but at this point I'm starting the Hyatt for Heisman campaign. So you're starting the Hyatt for Heisman campaign. I, what about what? What's you gonna do with the Hooker for Heisman campaign? Look, I like Hendon Hooker, and I think he probably is one of the best quarterbacks in the in the country. But if you put Hendon Hooker up against Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, he's probably not gonna win that argument a lot of times. You put Jalen Hyatt in there, and you know, with what Devontae Smith did, if he's got similar numbers to Devontae, you can maybe squeeze him in i just i feel like a lot of folks are going to say well hooker's only able to do that because of the offense he plays in or jalen hyatt is the reason that he's doing this or whatever i mean i think there's a million arguments that that people will make against hendon hooker that maybe if jalen hyatt is the option you don't have available to you hmm. that's interesting because i tend to look at it as you know, if if the receiver is doing all this, somebody's got to be throwing in the ball. Hey, you got to put it on them. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that uh, I'm not saying that Hendon Hooker doesn't deserve to be in the conversation. I'm just saying that nationally, if you're making the argument, I think there's less of an argument against Jalen Hyatt up against Stroud and Young. Hmm than there is the other way around. That's that's all I'm saying. Look, I think yeah. they should both be in New York because I think Jalen Hyatt, <laughs> the guy is unreal. And Hennon Hooker has been nearly perfect. 
So I didn't realize that Hyatt had originally committed to Virginia Tech. Did not know that either. Apparently he had committed to Virginia Tech and and he and Hooker Hooker might have been his host on his official visit. That would make sense. So. Okay, I saw a tweet that had mm -hmm. Hendon Hooker in a Virginia Tech uniform. I didn't see that. I didn't realize that that the other picture in that tweet was, was Hyatt Jalen Hyatt mm -hmm. sitting in the locker room. Yeah, that makes sense now because I was like, "Who is this kid?" I right, right. <laughs> I didn't realize that that was Hyatt. Okay, huh? Man, Justin Fuente just keeps missing. <laughs> Poor fella. Mm, tough. Yeah, yeah. He's probably deleted his Twitter account at this point. Finally, before we get out of here, uh, Vanderbilt just missing. You know, down 17 nothing, making a furious comeback and, and just about got their first SEC win over Missouri. I think it was going to be their best chance to get an SEC win and just couldn't quite get over the hump. But appears that you know, Mike Wright may be back in the back in the saddle. Well, now, um, I lose his last name. Who the freshman? AJ Swan. AJ Swan. Was he injured in that game? I have no idea. But I, I what I'm saying is, I, I you know, a lot of folks were calling for Mike Wright to get back in the ball game. He did, and. Seems like they were able to put some points up with him at quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that you're going to obviously see some discussion of the quarterback situation for Vanderbilt over this next week as they get ready for who? Who do they play this week? Oh, South Carolina. Hmm. Where? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I think it is. Let's see. I've got their schedule. Well, I had their schedule pulled up, but I was going to the box courts at home. That, wait a minute. They've got South Carolina in Nashville. Then they go to Kentucky, well, I think, Florida, I think and they're, at home. Okay. I've, I've misread something. What? Vanderbilt is off this weekend, this coming weekend, the 29th. That game must be the 5th. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that game is the fifth. Vanderbilt is off this weekend. Oh, great. So you got two weeks to dissect the Vanderbilt quarterback situation. Even better. <laughs> That's, there are some there are some folks in the next time slot in uh in Nashville radio that will certainly be doing that too. That very there. thing. Absolutely. <laughs> there are some there are some folks who will be talking a lot about the Mike Wright AJ Swan situation. AJ Swan left in the second half, hit um, Mike Wright had an 80-yard touchdown uh, to Gamarian Carter. Um, and then uh, I don't know how they scored their last touchdown. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, it was injury-prompted, apparently. Well, so it – Mike Wright staying in may, may not be injury – uh, it may not may not be for injury. I, I, you know, I mean, look, there's a situation right now, a quarterback situation, because you have a guy like Mike, right? Who has given you an extra option. He gives you 
the the legs and in, in the run game from the quarterback position. AJ Swan, more of a pocket presence passer, who's been really good for you. Both of them have shown flashes of just being really, really solid. And I think if you're Vanderbilt, you just got to make a decision. If you're Clark Lee, you can't just leave this controversy up, right? Well, I mean, if it is a controversy, but I will tell you this, there is a history of Vanderbilt coaches not being able to handle quarterbacks. Well, and, and Clark Lee being a defensive guy, that probably doesn't bode well mm -hmm. for that history. As was the last guy. <laughs> so you kind of feel like now I, I will say this i think clark lee has better options at his disposal at quarterback than than Derek mason did and so it may be a little bit tougher decision but I, at the same time i think that you know maybe guys with a defensive background just have a tough time Managing quarterbacks. I don't know. It's well, and here's the thing Mike Wright Jr., AJ Swan, freshman. How much does that play into the to, to the decision? I think it is lose young, right? Well, if you're gonna lose, lose young, but if there's an exception to that rule, Vanderbilt might be it. Because if you're gonna if Maybe just conceding wins isn't someplace that Vanderbilt can be. I, I think things get a little bit more complicated there than in some other places. I mean, again, you're you're right, and I've said that a million times, but uh, I don't know. Uh, it, you've had you've had success. You've had success with Mike Wright. I'm not sure what it is that the coaching staff there did not see that made them decide that, or what they did see that made them decide A.J. Swan was the direction to go in to start with. But um, they got to figure something out, and they got to figure out a way to win some ball games. I think, because one of those guys, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's very complicated, and I think the transfer portal has a lot to do with complicating it right now as well i mean do you risk if you go back to right do you do you risk losing swan who's still got three years again that's that and that's kind of why, where i was going with that i mean you just mm -hmm. don't know so vanderbilt vanderbilt's in a precarious situation but vanderbilt's always in a precarious situation and that's just, somewhere yeah i mean and that's just how it is so mm -hmm. uh anyway Let's take a break. Uh, we'll talk about more college football on the other side of it. The AP Top 25. Is Syracuse good? Kind of seems like they might be. Uh, who's in and who has played their way out of the college football playoff discussion? All that and more after this on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. So, I got a DUI. Mom. Dad. Why didn't you just call someone for a ride? I wasn't thinking ahead. I didn't think I was going to get caught. Yeah, my best friend Tim. Still coming to my bachelor party next month? This DUI cost me 10 grand, so no. Yeah, you, in the back. Did you know I almost died when you hit me? I didn't think this would affect so many people. You think it was worth it? No, no, no more questions. 
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. We're making Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. As I said, is Syracuse good? They are good enough to lose to Clemson by three, I guess, right? I think it was six. Was it six? 21? Was it 27-21? Yeah, because it was. But the final touchdown for, for Clemson was aided by a iffy personal foul call that extended a drive and Clemson had to score 17 points in the fourth quarter to win the game but they did yes but Syracuse was a big reason that they were down 17 or 21 (laughs) to 10 Mm -hmm. now Clemson certainly didn't help they put the ball on the ground quite a bit, I think three times. And I think that's a problem for Clemson. But I, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't think Syracuse was really all that good. I mean, I watched I watched almost the entire Purdue game and thought Purdue should win this game, and they should have won the game. I mean, that last two minutes of the game was the most insane two minutes of a college football game I'd ever seen. But – they actually look like they're a potentially top 15, top 20 team. I've not seen Syracuse. I don't know. It sounds like Dino Babers has, has done a great job of, you know, maybe elevating the talent over there and maybe um, doing well, something. Eric with some, their quarterback. Former yeah, Mississippi the former State Mississippi football. State kid. Yeah. Um, this is at least his second year there. I don't. I think he. I know he was there last year. I don't think he was very good last year. So um, I'm a little surprised that you know we're having this discussion about Syracuse actually. But that game was at Clemson Saturday, right? It was because they met at the Paul afterwards. Say what? They met at the Paul afterwards. <laughs> so the students always go to the middle of the field, and. Um, Oddly enough, nobody got punched. Well, Nor did they get punched in Baton Rouge. But well, it, it, it's a good thing because I'm sure that Kirk Herbstreit would have found fault with the kids that did get punched there as well. No, it's just Tennessee kids. Or, I'm sorry, it's just Alabama kids that they're going to, you know. Defend? Defend. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Anyway. Because everything St. Nick says is gospel. And that's, I'm going to leave it at that. You know, Saban really mishandled that situation, and a lot of folks kind of followed him off a cliff, I think. But, you know. <laughs> right off of it, man. They were just right with him. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, it might be best to just leave that where it's at. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about Syracuse football. <laughs> hey, yeah, look, <laughs> let's do that. 
<laughs> but Syracuse. Uh, so I mean, if those are our options, can't we find C? What is C? What is C? Well, the C yeah. is Oregon pretty well played the Pac-12 right out of a playoff spot, didn't they? <laughs> Let's talk about that. I mean, top 10 matchup, Oregon-UCLA. The fact that Oregon got boat raced by, by Georgia is, I mean, they're done. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I think Oregon today is a lot different than Oregon in week one. But in the world of college football, until we get a 12-team playoff, they're out. Yeah. How many people are looking at this poll and saying, how in the world are USC and Wake Forest tied at number 10? Uh, well, I mean, yeah. Uh, look, Wake Forest only lost the overtime loss to, to Clemson, who's number six in the country or whatever, or five, whatever they are. Clemson is five. So – I mean, Wake Forest, I see it now. Again, USC lost to, to Utah, but it was a road game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hard to win on the road in any conference, especially against a quality opponent. Like, and, and Utah is a quality opponent. Now you say what you want. Utah's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like you can – you can make that argument. It's just it, inter- it is interesting though. I mean, Wake Forest and USC, not two teams you would expect to be sitting tied for tenth. Well, I, I just think the the dichotomy of of Southern Cal and Wake Forest being right. tied for anything, anything. in football. <laughs> yeah, it's no. Like, what's wrong with this picture? Yeah, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and yet, no. Here they sit, and yeah, I mean. Right now, right now, it looks like you've got seven teams with an opportunity to make their, to play their way into the playoff. Your top seven. And then after that, you've got Oregon, Oklahoma State, USC, Wake Forest tied for 10th. UCLA barely dropped. They dropped three spots after losing. Again, you, you kudos, number one, to mm-hmm. the AP voters for not dropping UCLA that far after – you know, a loss to a top 10 team because that doesn't always happen. No, it doesn't. No, you're um, right. But yeah, I mean, if you look at the rest of it, Syracuse at 16, Illinois at 17. Shh. Brett Bilo, baby. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, North Carolina, man. The fact that you can look at North Carolina and say they're six and one, their only loss is which they got a win over App State, which is looking better and better each week. But you know, their only loss being to Notre Dame and being one of the few teams to lose to Notre Dame, it's like, man, this is just seems weird. <laughs> this AP poll, and again, I think, you know. I think a lot of it is because who else you going to rank? You know what I mean? It might be one of those deals. And, and as a former AP top 25 voter for women's basketball, sometimes you run into a situation where, where there aren't 25 good teams. 
And I think that's where we're at. I don't mm-hmm. think South Carolina is the 25th best team in the country. I think Texas would boat race South Carolina. Right. But yeah. you kind of can't not rank them because they're five and two and they're in the SEC. Even though four of their wins outside of Kentucky were against group of five schools. Well, I mean, even to take it one step further, Cincinnati is six and one. Their one loss is to Arkansas. In week one. Are they the 20th best team in the country? I don't think they're better than anybody ahead of them, but I also don't know that they're worse than anybody behind them. <laughs> I mean, I think Kansas State's probably a little better than they're getting credit for. They're, they're five and two, and their their two losses are certainly nothing. I mean, you one of them to TCU, for one. You know, I, I just – I think that you can get bogged down when you're voting and uh, – in the record, you know, versus the record versus the strength of schedule or strength of record. That makes sense. Like, I don't think Penn state is the 13th best team in the country, but you know, they don't have a good win and yet they still moved up mm-hmm. three spots. Why and, did and they move up? Cause everybody else moved down. And, and they're going to move down this weekend after they lose to Ohio State because this will Ohio State will have finally played someone after this. And that's why they're ranked 13th. Mm-hmm. Is so that Ohio State can get a and, – and look, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen in the SEC too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, again, you know, you can say that South Carolina is not the 25th best team in the country, but, you know, that they're going to they're gonna get that – that ranking benefit of the doubt sometimes mm-hmm. that's just how these rankings work. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I look at this and, and you say, you know, how is Ole Miss still ranked ahead of LSU? Well, because mm-hmm. one of them's got one loss and the other one's got two losses. Well, that doesn't make sense. LSU just absolutely ran them out of the building. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly in the second half, obviously. I mean, that's, um, But there you go, as you said, getting bogged down in records. I mean, sometimes head-to-head doesn't mean nearly as much as I feel like it should. I would think so. Kentucky stayed put at 19, by the way, after being off. So, once again, good for the voters for not moving them up or down. They didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what what did Kentucky do to warrant – Going in either direction. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. So, so I mean, we get the first college football rankings next week ahead of Tennessee, Georgia. Mm-hmm. What are they going to be? If Tennessee, say Tennessee beats Kentucky, let's just say that happens. If Tennessee beats Kentucky. And everything is everything is equal. Georgia's eight no. Ohio State's eight no. I think Georgia's off this week. Uh, no, everybody... Georgia. No, Georgia plays at Jacksonville this week. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um. So I mean, Alabama's eight and one, et cetera, et cetera. I think if they all win. And the only one that I would – well, no, never mind. I, I guess Alabama, LSU, but that's not 
this week. That's next week. Right. So if the four highest ranked teams that are playing this weekend all win Georgia over Florida, Ohio State at Penn State, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Michigan, Michigan State. I would expect the top six to be what the top six is in this week's top 25, to be honest. You don't think they'd put Clemson in just to keep it from having two Big Ten teams? I said the top six. I'm right. sorry. Do you, yeah. Do you think Clemson would be in the four spot instead of the five it's, spot just to keep from having two Big Ten teams? Be hard to do that. I think it would because I, I think, again, Clemson's undefeated, but. But you also I, have both of these two teams are going to play each other Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan. All these teams, that's going to work itself out. Clemson, you just went out and you're in. Yeah. You feel like. Because all that other shakes up. And I think it'll be interesting to see where Georgia and Tennessee are going into that game in two weeks. One in three probably, you think? Yeah, I I think so. Man. I I think the bigger bigger question may be what happens behind the top four. You know, where where do they put TCU? It's TCU seven. Are they the first two out or no? Hmm. Be hard to keep TCU out of the top six in favor of Alabama, even if Alabama's only losses on the road to Tennessee number three. Mm-hmm. But I, if but I don't about the I, best I, six teams or the best four teams. You, the, the fact is, everybody knows Alabama would kick TCU's rear end. Right. And and I think you have to recognize that, and I think you have to act accordingly. I mean, well, you don't talk about uh, losing credibility mm-hmm. if you start if, manipulating things. Yes. And I don't think this. I, I think I think Alabama's got to be six to start. But if TCU wins out and Clemson wins out, then you've got a problem. You've got issues. Yeah, you you need somebody to lose twice. You really need somebody to lose twice. Well, and and here's the thing. I don't know that Tennessee has two losses left on its schedule. I, that's because if 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 Tennessee loses to Georgia, Tennessee's not going to Atlanta. Right. And then they have Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt left. Right. They've got to lose to Kentucky for this to make any sense. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, because, I mean, again, I don't know that Ohio State has two losses on its schedule. Well, Ohio State's barely got a schedule. Well, I didn't say why they don't have two losses. Michigan either. Yeah. So I and and I mean, if Georgia beats you, you need TCU to lose. If you're the if you're the committee, you're Mm -hmm. praying for somebody to beat TCU. Absolutely, anybody, please God. Yeah, because an undefeated TCU really 
See, I would figure you'd be all for this, Captain Chaos. Oh, I, I am all for it. I'm I'm a hundred percent for TCU and Clemson winning out and Georgia, <laughs> Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan, and Alabama being the only people to beat each other. And I'm hoping Alabama wins the SEC title game over somebody just to screw it all up. <laughs> well, it it will be screwed up. <laughs> That's for certain. Because which two one-loss teams do you take if they all got one loss? Or mm. which one, which of the singular one-loss teams do you take? Yeah. It, it's going to be a mess. But it starts, you know, like you said, with next week's rankings. It starts with next week. Because from there is where folks move and, and that kind of thing. So, Well, at least Texas is out thanks to oklahoma state so oh do do we have to give mike gundy credit yeah hey they won the game and and steve steve sarkeesian didn't sing the eyes of texas after the game and got called out for it i bet he did wow that's that's pretty big i i feel like if you're a competitive guy if, if you're that – look, and I feel like Steve Sarkeesian is very competitive. I think competitive people have a problem doing things after a loss that you – you know, like singing the alma mater. There's a lot of folks out there who will walk off the field and not do that crap because mm-hmm. we just lost. You want me to sing? Yeah. I Oh, I, I get it. Uh, you're preaching to the choir with that one, <laughs> but all I'm saying is – it's not done, you no, know. It's it. You're right. Look, hey, folks, gonna be mad at you, but you know, if Steve, you should have stuck to your guns. We just lost. I ain't singing. Mm. No, I ain't singing no song after we lost. That's it. That's it entirely. You no no. And here's the I'm, thing: if you want to be the best you can possibly be, you accept that mm-hmm. as a fan or a booster. You accept the fact, you know what? I like that my coach is so pissed off after a loss that he don't want to do that. That he don't feel like that he he ain't singing nothing, alma maters or eyes of Texas or anything else. No, we go into the house. So, yeah. Anyway. Mo, got a couple of things left. Want to get your thoughts on high school sports. Uh, We can mention that the Phillies and Astros are in the World Series, but we got a whole week we can talk about that if we want to. If we want to. Uh, well, I have a – I do have a stat mm-hmm. to throw out there. Um, every year the Phillies have won a World Series, the United States has suffered a major um, economic downturn. Oh. 1929, 1980, 2008. <laughs> so I would just like to throw that out there. Yes. Go Astros. Um, I'm not <laughs> – there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Your, 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 your economy depends on it. Yes. Go <laughs> you don't want to root for the cheat root for the cheaters. Well then root for the economy. Root, root for your pocket. Yes. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. But uh, all right, we'll take a break. We'll come back high school sports after this. Cause I want to talk a little bit about volleyball uh, and also what we were surprised about on Friday night as well. So stick around. Main Street Sports Today, back after this. 
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Reaction Monday here on Main Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Um, Before we get into the, our final segment here, uh, Georgia and Florida released a joint statement regarding their future in Jacksonville. Hmm. The annual game between our two universities is an important tradition. At this time, both programs are focused on our current seasons. Typically, both schools begin con- conversations regarding future series as the last contracted game nears. We anticipate following that timeline. When those discussions take place, we will consider a multitude of factors, including tradition, finances, future SEC scheduling models, with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma, and what is best for both schools' football programs overall. I'll hmm. be surprised if they're playing in Jacksonville in 2024. Man, you talk about the end of an era. No more cocktail party. Yeah. Which, by the way, reminds me. Mm-hmm. And there's so many things I need. Okay. I'll save that for tomorrow. <laughs> okay. All right. Because I have a question. We, you and I, mm-hmm. watched Summertown defeat Loretto in the state championship game. Match. We did. On Friday. There's a story. MainStreetMurray.com, MainStreetPreps.com, photo gallery. Go check it out. 
But that was the sixth time those two teams had played. Correct? I'm sorry. I missed some of what you said because you froze up. That was the sixth time those two teams have played. This season, yes. Of those six times, they each have won three matches. Mm-hmm. We need a seventh. We got to decide this thing once and for all. I think Summertown thinks they decided it about 10 o'clock Friday morning. <laughs> and, and I think Nick Quillen would disagree <laughs> because when I, when I had a chance to talk to Nick afterward, you know, that was one of the things that he pointed out that, you know, he hates that, that the state tournament is double elimination up until the championship game. You know, we should have to, we should have to lose twice. And I mean, I, I see his argument. They went undefeated into the championship game. They defeated Summertown in basically the winner's bracket finals on Thursday. In a true double elimination tournament, Summertown should have had to beat Loretto twice. So he would agree with what you're saying. I think so. I think I think we take both trophies, put them in a gym, and let's decide this thing. <laughs> and I think, and here's the thing, I, I certainly think Loretto would accept if they were beaten again. It would probably be a little bit easier to accept under those terms. Because, yeah, I, I again, I get his, I, I wouldn't even say argument, I get his point. You know, we're sitting there unbeaten. We only lost once. You know, Summertown only lost once. Uh, yeah. How does. And we beat each other one time each. And. Here's what's crazy. They they each won at the other's gym during the regular season. And Loretta won the district tournament in Summertown's no. gym, right? Mm. Um, no, Summertown won the district tournament. Okay. Actually, uh, Loretta won the region, but it was somewhere else. Yeah, it was out West. It was over in Jackson, I think. So I'm just saying you got three wins a piece. Mm -hmm. You both went one and one against each other in the state tournament. Yeah. I understand it ain't how many you win. It's win, but <laughs> both of those cases, I mean, Best of seven. Makes sense. Bring the trophies to a central location. I don't care where it's at. We, we, well, there's only one central location between Loretto and Summertown. <laughs> we'll play it in Lawrenceburg. <laughs> and and it may or may not be available. The folks at Lawrenceburg might just say, no, nah, y'all both get out of here. We're Thank good. You. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I, that's all I'm saying is I feel like we need a seventh match. Well, I mean, you got Nick and Andrea's numbers. <laughs> let's let's make it happen. Give them a call. <laughs> Set it up. Yeah, and Andrea's going to be like, uh, "No, Chris, sorry." Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, we're busy. We're we're, we're, we're done. We we training put the uniform. For now. <laughs> we we put the uniforms away. Sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> we're training for tennis now. Sorry. Yeah. Oh man. Well, anyway, a fantastic match. And look, you know, we saw a couple of years ago Loretto beat Summertown for the state basketball title. And 
if we were going to uh, insist that trophies be brought to a central location for a game, I think <laughs> I think there's some Summertown basketball players from 2020 who would ask that we do that again. <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely, because they had won, what, every game that year All until the state finals? Yeah. <laughs> All of them. So, yeah, so uh, a few of them are – hold up, hold up. Wait, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa. wait a minute. <laughs> If we're doing this, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, it was a great match. In Summertown, all three of their wins in that series were all 3 0. So if, Lope, yeah. if Loretta won a, won a set, they were going to win the match. They were going to win the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> what about that game, too, going 32 30? 32 to 30, man. And, and that's what I, I talked to. Um, I talked to um, crap, Brian. Bryant. Uh, after, after the match, uh, um, golly. Anyway, can't think. Can't call his name right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, you know, after that second match, you had to feel if you're Loretto, like, what do we have to do? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, we just did everything we could, and it feels like everything we do is just not quite good enough. They, they, Summertown took every punch on Friday, and and. Loretta just couldn't knock him out, literally. So that's great match. Huh? It was, and, and match. you know that's what you get from Summertown Loretto at all times, always in everything. I mean, it's it's got to be one of the best athletic department wide rivalries, certainly in this area, and probably even beyond. No question. Any big surprises on the gridiron Friday outside of the Riverdale East Nashville score? I think that, my big I'm sorry, go ahead. That surprised the heck out of me. 30 to 12. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really see that one coming either. I think my biggest surprise out of Friday night was um Independence 13 page nothing, particularly page nothing. Yeah, I, you know, when I saw that, I thought, my goodness, this Independence defense is sure playing really well. But this is not the first time that, you know, they've – I mean, you held Brentwood to seven points. I think that goes goes to show that your defense is really, really good. But, yeah, Page is an offense that has been very difficult to stop for everybody this year, and Independence pretty well stifled them. Stopped them, yeah. And, you know, I, I checked in with um, – our friends at the Williamson Herald Friday night, Charles Pulliam and Joe Williams, and was asking, you know, was anybody out? Was anybody injured that we didn't know about? But no, you know, Colin Hurd played, Ethan Cunningham played, you know. Um, Independence just shut them down. And kudos to the, the Eagles for turning in that kind of defensive performance as they get ready for this um Big region 7-6A finale on Friday night as they've got Ravenwood coming to town. And, um, you know, really, really fascinating situation in that region this weekend With as you've got four teams tied at 3-1 and one at the top of the region. So, you know, basically win and you host a first-round game, lose and you – go to Memphis for the opening round. So you've got Ravenwood at Independence and you've got Centennial at Brentwood this weekend. And like I said, all four of them are tied. So talk about controlling your own destiny and starting the playoffs a week early, but um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It will. We have a 
comment from Twitter asking about discussing Maryville. For the first time since 1999, a team defeated both Maryville and Alcoa in the regular season when Knox West knocked off mm-hmm. the Rebels this weekend. And they've not lost more than two games in an entire season since 2001, and that was their third loss. Are there chinks in the armor? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't think you can look at this season and think that this is the same Maribel team that we've seen over the last 20 years. But, I mean, eventually it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not as familiar with Maribel. I saw that question. I don't real feel real, real comfortable getting into it just because I'm not, I'm not that familiar with them. But, um, you know, they had a coaching change a few years back. Derek Hunt took over for George Quarles. Um, I think football in Blunt County is maybe in a little bit of flux with both um, Quarles now being up at ETSU and Gary Rankin having left Alcoa this past year. Um, I don't know if it's chinks in the armor or if it's just, you know, it happens well, to everybody. It, it happens to everybody at some point. I mean, every team goes through this. Uh, I don't know what. I don't know what the expectations were in Maribel regarding football. I don't know if they thought that they were going to be, you know, the best program in East Tennessee forever or what. But, I mean, just ebbs and flows happens. Yeah, and we actually have a small connection to that Maribel program as Dakota Cruz is over there um, right now. So, I guess if we wanted to find out <laughs> what was going on, we could make a phone call. But, yeah, I, look – Maryville's a great program. They're still going to be a good program, but you you got to look at the teams they lost to. Cleveland is very, very good. And and it's interesting because, um, you know, I follow a couple of guys from the Times Free Press down in Chattanooga, Stephen Hargis and um, Gene Hendley. Gene is a Cleveland graduate, and um, the night that Cleveland beat Maryville, he texted something about, Congratulations to Cleveland being the first region team to beat Maribel in however long it's one. been. And Cleveland was Cleveland was Maribel before Maribel was Maribel, basically. Right. I mean, it, if you go back to the 90s, Cleveland was the they were the program to beat. Mm-hmm. And so I, again, that just this high school football. Knox West is a really good football team, probably going to run away with 5A if I had a if I had a guess. Um, and the fact is that, you know, East Tennessee football as a whole is pretty good and has gotten better over the last few years. So, Mm -hmm. you know, not everybody is transferring into the powerhouses because you can bring the powerhouse to you, Powell, last year. Just look at them. Look at mm-hmm. Knox West. Look at Knox Central from a couple of years ago when they won two straight state championships. Football is just getting better in, in East Tennessee, and you don't have to be at Maryville to win a state championship. Is is my point? Or I'll yeah, and, and I, I think that's a I think that's a fair point. And you know, as a result of that, folks aren't necessarily finding their way to Maryville or or to Alcoa the way they were. So, but again, I don't know that it's a, a chinks in the armor kind of thing. I think it might just kind of be a spreading of the talent. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, I know we're over time, but mm-hmm. who's going to stop us? Uh, <laughs> 
Hope Prep 38, Ravenwood 36. Great football game. And got to be impressed with with the way that Ravenwood has been able to hold steady, but uh, also the way that Pope Prep was able to finish it off. I mean, Pope Prep's backup quarterback situation apparently is better than, than Ravenwood's backup quarterback situation because Chet Lacks the last couple of weeks has has really racked up some yardage in the passing game, and, and that's a pretty good Ravenwood team that, that he led his team to a win over. So I, I think I, I think you'd rather have Kenny Minchie if you are Pope Prep, but Lax is not a bad option, obviously. So it'll it'll be interesting to see if Minchie is able to get back. I think he's got a shoulder injury that that they are obviously keeping an eye on. But but this team looks like it's still do damage whether Minchie is in there or not. And you know, I saw them maybe week four against Independence. Mm-hmm. In fact, that might be the week that Minchie got banged up. But, you know, they've got some receivers, man, that if you can get the ball close to them, they can do damage. The um, the Maylander kid, Josh Maylander, is the, the transfer from California who I think he scored on two pick sixes and almost a third. But receiver is where his – Bread is buttered, I think, and and he's a playmaker. I think Quinn Cook is that the name? That's another kid. I think they've got three really good receivers, and then a junior running back, Elijah Robb, who really, if you get too focused on their passing game, can hurt you as well. So, you know, this prep team can do some damage. I think, regardless of who the quarterback is. Again, probably better with Minchie, obviously, but Lax isn't bad either. Absolutely. Well, we'll get into more high school football throughout the week because it is my favorite time of year, Mo, if then. Hmm. <laughs> so I don't will, know how much. There's if, not a lot. There's yeah, not I a think, lot of if I, thens going on. It, I think a lot of stuff is really cut and dried pretty much. So it's I, just going to be a I'm matter really of watching sad. it play out. But yeah. I'm no. really sad. I'm not going to lie. Because. <laughs> well, because there aren't a lot of if-thens to, to deal well, with. Well, I will tell you this. You're going to be at one if-then game Friday night. Because if Richland beats Loretto, then Richland will host an opening round game. And if Loretto beats Richland, then Loretto will host an opening round game. So, That's correct. Yeah. And and you're trying to avoid a trip to Riverside or Hohenwald if you're either one of those teams. So, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> avoid those trips as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. But yeah, uh, we'll be back tomorrow, two o'clock. We'll have at three o'clock. We'll have uh, Chip Walters. He'll join us as uh, he comes back from his <laughs> trip to Orange Beach slash Perdido Key, Florida, and uh, we'll get an idea of what's going to happen this weekend at uh, MTSU, and we'll talk about what's the poll this week for the glass house. So. Well, I, I can tell you, I, I, if I mean, if you want to save it for tomorrow, that's fine. Well, but I know what the poll is because it's out. Well, we're, we're going to, we're going to get into that. We'll actually, we'll, we might get, get some uh, responses from mm-hmm. you and, and Chip as well. Okay. Uh, but uh, looking forward to it. Chip Walters tomorrow as well. We've got a lot more that we can get into plenty of reactions, plenty of talking about college football. There, there, there will be plenty also game day. Headed to Jackson State. How big is that? Pretty darn big. We'll talk about it as well. So come back tomorrow, 2 o'clock, right here 
Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Follow us on Twitter. Watch us on Roku, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Apple, whatever, and wherever your podcasts are received. However you listen to podcasts, you can find us there as well. Just search Main Street Sports today. For Justin Kulik back in the studio, Mo Patton in Franklin. I'm in Columbia, Chris. Yeah, y'all have a great day.